You're listening to If Emmett Was Alive Today podcast, hosted by Daphne Priscilla Jack. Hello, and welcome to If Emmett Was Alive Today podcast with your host, Daphne Jack. We will have a series of discussions about false accusation, wrongful conviction, and other related subjects. I will interview men and women weekly about the life before and after going through the criminal justice system. I appreciate my listeners taking the time to join us today, and I have an amazing guest that I know you'll love. I am your host, Daphne Jack, and today we are talking with Dr. Jermaine Johnson. He is a professor here at the Long Star College, University Park here in Tomball, Texas. So Dr. Johnson, we welcome you. Well, thank you, it's uh, I'm honored to be here. Yes, sir, yes, sir. So tell me a little bit about yourself, give me a little brief history so we can start this conversation. Okay, uh, well, I um, was originally uh, born in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I uh, played football, so that okay. was my way out of, I guess, the hood, and okay. so you know, every African American male's dream is to make it to the pros. Absolutely. So that didn't happen, mm-hmm. and so we had to change up the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, uh, but I was blessed to be able to receive a bachelor's degree mm-hmm. during my time playing football of, okay. over a scholarship, mm-hmm. and I received it in criminal justice. Okay. And um, after I graduated, I. Um, became a police officer uh, in my hometown, New Orleans. So I was there uh, mid-90s. Some know it as the war on drugs. Mm -hmm. I was a police officer during that time. At which time I was able to um, obtain my master's degree and um, from Loyola University in New Orleans. Good college. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And so I got my master's degree and from there I always say it was divine intervention mm-hmm. because um, I was always led to to move from New Orleans so that I can spread my wings. Right. right. And but I never would get off the pot, so to speak. And right. so God yeah. sent a storm mm. called Katrina. Katrina. Mm-hmm. Wow, blessing in disguise. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that storm blew me here to Houston, the fourth largest city wow. in America. And so. Okay. Um, with a master's degree in hand and a lot of aspiration and inspiration, Mm -hmm. um, I decided to leave law enforcement and try my hand at navigating through with my master's degree. Okay. And so um, I got into teaching, a few part-time gigs here and there. Mm -hmm. Uh, God allowed me to be able to teach full-time and um, while I was teaching for a time, I started to get my PhD. Okay. And that's at the University of Texas Southern. Okay. Yeah. okay. And so I just finished that okay. uh, this past summer. And so yes. now I have my PhD also in wow. criminal justice. Wow. And so here we are. I've been working here at Lone Star for the last five years. Okay. Yes, okay. Ma'am. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I hear elevation and moving up and oh, just yeah. going into the room. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay, so let's just kind of backtrack a little bit um, and talk about why you were a police officer. Mm -hmm. And um, just kind of tell me what it was like on your daily shifts and and, and what you might have encountered. In other words, something that you can think of that you remember Mm -hmm. the most that just kind of stuck with you. Well, I think... um 
the one thing that stuck with me is uh, the us versus them mentality mm-hmm. uh, that I quickly, um, I'm, I won't say I'm ashamed to say, but mm-hmm. sometimes as I look back at it, um, I regret a little bit yes. that I adapted to the us versus them mentality. Mm-hmm. And real wow. quick, that mentality was, and it can be on either side of the spectrum, mm-hmm. meaning police, mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. versus citizen, mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And so there's, and, and it still happens today, that antagonistic relationship. Mm-hmm. But as a police officer, uh, you buy into that and you look at citizens as your enemy instead of partnering with them to right. try to do the overall. Right, you know, right. And so that, that was one of the main things that mm-hmm. kind of stood out, okay. that mentality. Okay. So with today, we, um, we're working with the facing with um, here in, in Houston mm-hmm. with um, some officers that had encountered something. Mm-hmm. Um, two people lost their lives. Mm-hmm. And so, in other words, I guess speaking kind of sort of on, on the corruption side mm-hmm. of law enforcement, mm-hmm. how, just give me just a little bit, I don't mean to, to talk about them or badger, but, but how did you feel about that? Um, um, did you see it? Did you encounter it? Yeah, well, um, for you and mm-hmm. your, your listeners, mm-hmm. um, if you do any type of uh, Google search on New Orleans Police Department, okay. you will quickly see that we were one of the most infamous uh, police departments as far as corruption is Mm -hmm. concerned. So Mm -hmm. uh, I even tell my students that I've seen a lot, been around a lot, and you know, and again, you get desensitized to it because you're part of that culture. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it becomes um, a culture of, uh, I guess they call it the thin blue line where all of the police officers stick together yes. you see but you don't see yeah, yeah, and yeah. so you always cover your brother's mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. and that's just it, it just was a known fact yeah. but if we allude to the corruption um, I, I think if I had to view it uh, there were two types there was the aggressive corruption mm-hmm. and then there was the implicit corruption mm-hmm. and the aggressive corruption is, is that uh, you would see officers who would wake up Mm-hmm. to do wrong wow okay wow. but then the implicit one would be mm-hmm. you have good intentions but you're just not going about it the right way mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so um, and that's I think that's something that uh, citizens should be aware of because you have some police officers that are corrupt and I would say, if I had to do a percentage I said you probably got one percent of those okay 99% of police want to do the right thing. Okay. But out of that 99% of mm-hmm. police who want to do the right thing, mm-hmm. they may not do it the right way. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So, um, you were a police officer for how long? I was a, uh, eight years eight with years. New Orleans Police Department. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as, as we see now, God had another plan. Oh, my. Would you have wanted to retire as an officer? I mean, prior to Katrina, what was what was your long-term goals then? You know, my Prior plan, to K- Katrina. That is so funny you say that. Uh-huh. And uh, because when I look back, I, you know, I'm here at this point now, mm-hmm. and I look back at it, my plan mm-hmm. was I'm looking at, okay, one day I might be chief of police. Okay. Okay. You know, that yeah. was my plan. I had mm-hmm. now, curiously enough, you have to 
know my background. So right. I grew up in the hood. Okay. Okay. And I grew up poor. Okay. As you can look at me, I'm an African American male. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So yes. Yes. With all of that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't likely that I was supposed to be a police officer because we don't do the police in the hood. Right. So now I'm going off and coming back being a police. Mm. So, so that's number one. Mm -hmm. So then I, once I learned how to be a police, transitioning from neighborhood mindset yeah. to now I'm going to the other side. Mm -hmm. And while I'm in the other side, now I have to learn how to be a police. And part of that is accepting the culture. Mm. of being a police. Yes. So once I learned and accepted the culture, now I can see myself mm -hmm. as being, man, I could be chief of police one day. Yeah, yeah. And so my goal was with my education and my experience, uh -huh. that was what I was going to do. Yeah. But God had another plan. Absolutely. So that as you was talking, I was thinking about how, and this is kind of off the subject a tidbit, but bringing us back to how the youth, the young people who might be facing what we call at-risk youth, that you found hope to come out of that. So to answer or to ask is that there is hope for any at-risk youth, if you want to say can come out of their negative environment into a positive environment. You know, it's it's funny you say that because mm -hmm. uh, God has been giving me this message um, to speak, mm -hmm. and it's not a, a message that a lot of our people want to hear, mm -hmm. but that message is no excuses. Right? Mm -hmm. And so if I had to put it in its simplest forms, no excuses is Dr. Johnson. Oh. Going back wow. to what you're saying. Absolutely. So when you're looking at me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you are ready to make some excuses mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. why you can't be all that you can be, mm -hmm. then you look at me mm -hmm. and you say, well, hold on, I don't have no excuses. Wow. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah. That's deep. And it's real. Like it's not a fairy tale. Exactly, exactly. That that's that's good because the fact that um, I'm kind of doing a research on youth right now, and um, and and so um, just reading about because I'm thinking because uh, for example, my son is being raised in a positive environment with the mother and the father educated at that. That doesn't discount him from being in that category of being at risk. Sure. So all youth are at risk. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and so that's why it takes us to mm -hmm. come in to kind of keep them going in that same direction. Mm -hmm. Because if we fall by the wayside and say become lazy as parents, mm -hmm. you know, he play football so that he's going to the football game, we never show up. Mm -hmm. What is that going to lead? You know, you know, daddy, you want to hear to mm -hmm. see me make that touchdown. Right. So, mm -hmm driven is that no excuse to being successful and I like how you put the fact that where you come from no excuse and you're here Wow okay so let's move forward then so let's kind of sort of drive to the subject of um, wrong for conviction okay. so as being a police officer then did you ever encounter 
anything that alluded to you might be arresting someone who probably didn't commit that crime. Yeah, I know that's a big one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> let, let me let me let me put it to you this way. Yes. I, I'm, I I like to be totally transparent. Absolutely. Um, again, going about it from the perspective that you have good intentions. Mm-hmm but you may do it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you a scenario. Okay. So I was a drug task force officer okay. in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Again, amidst the war on drugs. Okay. I was a part of that. Mm-hmm. And our primary goal was to arrest street-level drug dealers. So they would term us as the jump out boys. Okay. Now, that term meant that all we did was go into neighborhoods and get the drug dealers. Because the drug dealers were the problem. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why I'm giving you all of this, because I'm setting up the -hmm. scenario. I see. All right. And so day after day, after day after day, you're in contact. You're in the environment of these drug dealers Mm -hmm. in the the drug society. Mm -hmm. Now, drugs to most citizens Mm -hmm. is a victimless crime Mm -hmm. and and many people say that we shouldn't have been looking at the drugs. Mm -hmm. But it's not so much the drugs as it is the violence that's associated with it. Mm -hmm. The killings. Yes, yes. So we were the murder capital of the world for at least about two or three years straight. Wow. So now we're talking about dead bodies. We ain't talking about getting high and drugs. Mm-hmm. We're talking mm-hmm. about the dead bodies that's associated yes. with the drug dealing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you are put in position as the protector of your city. Mm-hmm. And your position is to combat that so you won't have so many killings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the person who's doing the crime have so many ways that they can elude you, Mm -hmm. elude you or get out, Mm -hmm. and you can't catch them, Mm -hmm. and you can't get them. Mm -hmm. Wow. So then it becomes a mindset like, oh, I'm going to get him. Mm-hmm. One way. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. This is good conversation. We're going to go ahead and take a break uh, with a little commercial, and we shall be back with If Emmett Was Alive Today podcast with your host, Daphne Jack, and our guest, Dr. Jermaine Johnson. We'll be right back. Bam. Okay. That is so, oh my God. Jesus Christ. Hi, everyone. This is Liz Fawbless here to let you know about my children's book, You Have a Superpower. It's part of a series of books I've written to empower, to inspire, and to help young girls everywhere realize you have special talents, special gifts that can make you an amazing person. I call them superpowers because these extraordinary talents, whether it's math, science, art, sports, or even writing, 
can help change the way people look at themselves and the world just by watching how confident you are about your extraordinary gifts. It's the perfect book for any young woman who needs a positive reminder that she's smart, gifted, and important. You have a superpowers available on Amazon.com. Order yours today and let that special young girl in your life know she can change the world one superpower at a time. Now, back to the podcast. Welcome back to If Emmett Was Alive Today podcast with um, your host, Daphne Jack, and my wonderful guest, as I always say, Dr. Jermaine Johnson. We've been having such a, an amazing conversation about the criminal justice system. And so I, we left with him talking about his story. And, and so kind of, we want to backtrack, if you don't mind sharing what you said, how you got to where you're at, starting from your parents. So just kind of share that. I think that's very important for the audience to know and hear how things can happen in spite of. Go ahead. Uh, well, as we were talking uh, during the intermission, mm -hmm. um, I was speaking about how when I look back over the overallness of my life and uh, I look at my parents, uh, my dad uh, not finishing third or fourth grade, wow. uh, my mom, uh, she was a nanny mm -hmm. all of her life, mm -hmm. and you know nanny is just a modern day Absolutely. Absolutely. And so she was a maid all her life. And mm -hmm. so you look at me, mm -hmm. uh, a black male, mm -hmm. born in the inner city, mm -hmm. uh, had neither one of them have education to inspire me about education. Absolutely. And so I look at that whole thing and I look at me now today. Yes. And the question doesn't elude me is, you know, how? Mm -hmm. But I, I realize how because it was all God's plan. Absolutely. Now I realize. Yes, that. yes. And through the ups, the downs, the disappointments, mm -hmm. the wrong decisions, mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. those things that transpired during the course of my life mm -hmm. bring me here today yeah. as Dr. Johnson. Wow. And it, it's just an amazing uh, accomplishment, mm -hmm. not personally but looking at my whole life. Yes. And as I shared with you before, I mm -hmm. think the other thing that is coming to me is recognizing that there were sacrifices that they made mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that I probably don't know about yeah. just yeah. so I could get here. Just so you can be here. Wow, that's incredible. And, and um, you know, like you said, as we were talking earlier, it's so amazing how when um, God has a plan, mm -hmm. He's going to get his plan fulfilled one way or another if it means having um, a Job experience, if it means having a Joseph experience. He's going he's gonna to get the plan done and fulfill the purpose that he set us out here to do. Okay, so now we're um, moving forward. So you're here at Lone Star College. Tell me about some of the things that you are able to share with your students. What is kind of sort of a little bit about the curriculum and mm -hmm. what you kind of do while teaching? Okay. Uh, well, just as it's regard, uh, regarding the catalog and I mm -hmm. guess like you say the curriculum, we mm -hmm. have um, a criminal justice field of study degree, which okay. is a two-year degree that uh, our students are able to obtain okay. and use that 
degree to move on to a four-year college. Okay. And so uh, in that, what we try to do is deliver a positive and in-depth experience mm -hmm. in criminal justice. Mm -hmm. Number one is going to allow them to see if this is where they want to be. Okay. That's number one. And okay. number two, uh, if we're doing our job as we're supposed to, mm -hmm. they will be equipped for uh, the next level of education okay. and also uh, the job field as well. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. So what classes are you offering this semester? This yeah. semester um, I'm offering, um, I think it's three classes, I'm teaching five, but uh, I think uh, it's three classes, some of them are the same classes, mm -hmm. so criminal law, mm -hmm. um, Another one is Crime in America, which okay. is criminology. Yes. And of course, the one that uh, we have adopted your book as the... <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> We've adopted your book as the additional reader yeah. uh, in our courts and systems okay. practices class. And yeah. So, um, those are the, the, the classes that we're teaching. Okay. Semester, yes. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, trying to think while you were talking so what is the what is the ratio here for is the, the um, what I want to call the racial demographics. demographics yeah looking at the word right there in my face yeah yeah what are the demographics here uh, well we can we can look mm -hmm. here because uh, actually so uh, if you want to break it down from a racial perspective mm -hmm. uh, as of fall 2018, mm -hmm. we have 26% white, okay. uh, 41% Hispanic, 12% okay. uh, Asian, 8% mm -hmm. other, and I save uh, blacks for last, mm -hmm. we have 13% black population. Okay. And so when we look at that, the reason why I say black for last is because um, that percentage is constantly dropping. Wow. Yeah. So as you can see, it started off in uh, 2014, mm -hmm. we had 16% black. Mm -hmm. And now here in 2008, it's 13. It's 13. So um, we are having to think about why our mm -hmm. kids are dropping out of school mm -hmm. and are mm -hmm. not pursuing education. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know, because when you, when you brought that to my attention, 14 and that's 13%, um, could it be maybe they might be going to other schools or just maybe not trying to pursue college at all? Yeah. And, and I mean, when we look at the numbers, you can interpret it, them in, right. in various ways. Absolutely. But when we look at the trends, mm -hmm. like uh, the trends wouldn't suggest that it's just that they are going to other schools, mm -hmm. is that we've been seeing this trend uh, over decades okay. that African-Americans are low in their persistent rates, mm -hmm. meaning mm -hmm. once they get to college, they don't persist and graduate. Right. That's number one. Right. Number two. Uh, a lot of them are not coming to college mm -hmm. and uh, I think number three the mm -hmm. ones that are, are in college mm -hmm. and if they're not persistent mm -hmm. what is their product while they're here mm -hmm. and the product is, is that they're not uh, meeting the success numbers and success here means that they are passing the class 
So we have the term success and completion. Okay. You can complete a course, mm -hmm. but doesn't mean you were successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just give me a C. <laughs> give me a F. Oh. That counts as a completion. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. But a C is successful. So we're not getting those successful uh, marks. They may complete, they may finish, but they may finish with an F or a D. Wow. Yeah. And so we're looking at these numbers, and mm -hmm. so uh, we actually, uh, I applaud the chancellor of Lone Star College. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Head is his name. Okay. And he has um, spearheaded an initiative called the Student Success Initiative based on these numbers okay. that we have. Now, here's what I will say, though. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been in this arena for a while mm -hmm. and I'm always leery and I guess it's the wisdom the old man in me mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. are we doing this for pageantry okay or do we truly have a passion mm, big difference mm. right mm -hmm. so I've seen the trend of pageantry mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we it looks good. It 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 it, 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 you, it makes someone feel like we're doing something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what's the undertone? Yes. Is there passion in what's going? Like, are are you truly trying to change lives? Yes. Or do you just want to look good mm -hmm. as Lone Star College system mm -hmm. that we are making an effort yeah. Yeah. to change these numbers? Mm -hmm. Oh wow, that's very deep. That went way above my head, but I'm, I'm, I'm just being silly. Okay, okay. So, so what, from your perspective, what is it you think that could be lacking for that? Not that's just something she was talking. What is it we can do? What is it you can do? What is it just us as a whole can do to try to change it? Just break it down, just give it to me. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, I would say this. Mm -hmm. I want us to look at it from this perspective. Mm -hmm. My interpretation of what should happen may be different from yours. Okay. Your interpretation may be different from someone else. Mm -hmm. But we should all come together mm -hmm. and agree Mm -hmm. that we each have part of the answer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is because I run into opposition from my own people mm -hmm. about my interpretation of the answer. Wow. And because my answer is not traditional, mm -hmm. my answer is a little more progressive than I get kind of uh, blackball per se. So mm -hmm. what is your answer, Dr. Johnson? Yes. So my answer is, is that we, as black people, mm -hmm. we have to stop spreading system dope. Okay. And start spreading hope. Okay. And I have to write that one down. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. System dope. System dope. Uh-huh. And I wrote this in my dissertation yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. it's probably an article is going to come out on it being okay. published and so system dope suggests this just in the reader's digest version is that african americans are addicted mm -hmm. to saying that there is a system out to hold us back mm -hmm. remember this is my interpretation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i have uh, 
characterize this system as dope. Mm -hmm. Because what does dope do? Dope gets you addicted. Mm -hmm. You can't live without it. Mm -hmm. And then also what happens is, is that once you're addicted to this dope, it has, um, what do they call it? Um, uh, deadly consequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so system dope Mm-hmm. has daily consequences to the African-American population, mm-hmm. especially when it relates to trying to succeed in education mm-hmm. and hope. Mm-hmm. And so someone should say, well, Dr. Johnson, would a system dope? Mm-hmm. So we have generations of generations, it's just in our culture, mm-hmm. to teach our kids that there's a system out to get you and that you are oppressed and you have to fight five times mm-hmm. as hard mm-hmm. to make it than the white man. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Yes. That becomes a drug mm-hmm. and our population becomes addicted to that where we can't survive without it. Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Instead of us painting this picture of this huge obstacle mm-hmm. of can't, Mm-hmm. of someone is out to get you and you can't do it, mm-hmm. spread hope. Yeah. Teach them how to do it. Yeah. Show them what can be done. Yeah. Because what happens is, is that the ones that are not coming to school and not doing it, man, you're giving them, we think we're doing a good job by, by talking about it, mm-hmm. but what you really do is, you make them want to light up another blunt mm-hmm. or you make them want to go take another drink mm-hmm. because man it's hard out here mm-hmm. and so what's the other option man let's go get high yeah. but you got a job you got a job uh, interview and they go drug test you man look I don't care except failure except failure mm-hmm. wow yeah and so so we see that and so again my narrative is not popular, mm-hmm. but I think my narrative is progressive. Now, here's what I would say. I'm not saying that there is not obstacles that are here. Right. What I'm saying is, is that those obstacles are not to the point where you can't make it. Mm-hmm. Stop focusing on the obstacles. They're distractions. Exactly. Exactly. Focus on being the best that you can be. Mm-hmm. No excuses. No excuses. Wow. Oof. Goodness, we can take this on the road. <laughs> oh my God. Um, wow, that just left me speechless. System dope. System dope. Go to can be hope. Can change. Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, I'm just kind of speechless, so this is going to take us into another break. We're going to be back and um, with the closing of our show today, and um, and we're here again with Dr. Jermaine Johnson on our show, If Emmett Was Alive Today podcast, with your host, Daphne Jack, and we'll be right back. The things students say, like, you know, man, because of this book, I didn't commit suicide. Because of this book... I can now uh, speak in public and come out of my shell. Because of this book, I'm not so worried about what other people say about me, you know, not looking for their validation. That's what means that, you know, that's what, that's what touches me. Um, My favorite chapter was about 
not letting either your boss, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, mother, family, anybody get in your way of being successful in whatever it is you want to do. To purchase Life is Not Complicated, you are or the other 99 times, or to download the audio versions, please visit carloswallace.com. Now, back to the podcast. Good afternoon again. So we're back here with If Emmett Was Alive Today podcast with your host, Daphne Jack, and my guests again, Dr. Jermaine Johnson. And this conversation has been so real, so so empowering. And um, we could probably sit here and talk all day. And so, but anyway, we know we got to bring this to a close because we don't want to bore you, but trust me, it won't be boring. It's not boring. <laughs> this is good information. So, Dr. Johnson, as we slowly try to end this conversation, I don't really want to, but we have to, um, that system dope to hope, no excuses. Um, during your semester coming up, this is the first day of school here at Long Star College and for so many other colleges here in the city, as well as regular schools. Um, how are you going to carry this slogan here, this, this um, system dope to hope, no excuses? How you gonna, what you gonna do with that? <laughs> what, what are you feeling about this? How you gonna utilize this? Well, I, I tell you, um, this, this whole session and uh, mostly what we have done during the intermission has really got my wheels turning as mm -hmm. to moving forward with it. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's gonna be very impactful but uh, what, what I would hope to do with it is to uh, empower students mm -hmm. and allow them to know that uh, whatever it is that they want to accomplish, mm -hmm. that they're more than capable and mm -hmm. able to do so mm -hmm. uh, if they put their minds to doing it. Absolutely. And so um, I don't want to make it a race thing, mm -hmm. although I right. do love my people. Absolutely. And yeah. I think <clears throat> the narrative would uh, benefit my people the most, mm -hmm. but however, I want to carry the message, an uh, overall message. Across the board. Across the board, mm -hmm. and across the board for mm -hmm. everyone, mm -hmm. there's no excuses. Yeah. And um, we're gonna be faced with difficulties. Mm -hmm. uh, we're gonna be faced with obstacles. Mm -hmm. But um, if you are resilient, mm -hmm. and I, I wanna use this term, um, I call it grit. G-R-I-T mm -hmm. and grit means greatness received in trying. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, hold on. I got to write that too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Greatness received in trying. And okay. all you have to do is try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Opportunity is there. Just try. Just try. Mm -hmm. Say it again. Greatness uh, received in trying. In trying. Grit. Grit. Wow, that's powerful. We got the patent that because somebody gonna hear that. So uh, whoever's listening today, <laughs> it's already taken care yeah, it's of. It's already done. <laughs> <laughs> this was owned by Dr. Jermaine Johnson. That's right. That's so. Right. So as we, um, as I keep saying, I sound like a preacher. Now we're gonna bring this to a close. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, in our society today with the wrongful convictions mm -hmm. as we um, 
viewed the the show um, now they see us or mm. when they see when us they see I always it. say it wrong yeah. when they see us the Central Park Five mm. how can what just to think in a quick thought how can we change the system what 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 effort what what is it we need to do to mm-hmm. try to change the system so people won't be wrongfully convicted mm-hmm. and not counting the ones that are already there mm-hmm. but we don't know who as we speak today is sitting in court being wrongfully convicted mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you think of off the top of your mind well first of all I um, and I think the most important thing is uh, having a personal relationship with Christ. Okay. And I know that's outside the purview of criminal justice. Yeah, but, I see your point. But listen, the, the thing about this is if we maintain that position about the personal relationship in Christ, there would be, first of all, no need for prisons. Because if you get them saved, mm-hmm. they ain't coming through the prison. That's mm-hmm. number one. Yeah. Now, from the reverse side of it, mm-hmm. from the system side, mm-hmm. if you have a saved, just imagine if you have saved people making these decisions mm-hmm. in court, mm-hmm. a saved attorney, mm-hmm. a saved defense attorney, mm-hmm. a saved judge, mm-hmm. putting uh, into perspective mm-hmm. that this person uh, is possibly innocent allow me to make sure mm-hmm. that I'm doing everything that I need to do mm-hmm. to not put an innocent person in jail. someone who's saved mm-hmm. so the reason why I say that is because just from being in the criminal justice field mm-hmm. uh, I've worked as a police as I told you but mm-hmm. I failed to mention that I worked for the courts mm-hmm. for four years at okay. Harris County Oh wow! so I've seen the perspective mm-hmm. of, of these levels mm-hmm. and what I see is most of the people who are in court making these decisions um, of the wrongful convicted get caught up in the bureaucracy of the thing mm-hmm. and not the humanity of it. Yes. So that person is not looked at as, as human, mm-hmm. it's looked at as an object inside of the bureaucracy mm-hmm. of we need to uh, clean up crime. Mm-hmm. But the humanity part of it comes from a spiritual side. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things I would like to say about toward my my ending career as a police officer, I began to get that spiritual side. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to arrest first, mm-hmm. I began to look at alternative ways mm-hmm. that I can help. I say the Lord put me here mm-hmm. to help, mm-hmm. not to assist in right. the yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, well, I guess the <clears throat> excuse me, the only thing that's left is just to you know pray. Oh yeah. You know yeah. we 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 can't go in and <laughs> into the courtroom. I want everybody in here to get saved. Yeah, okay. you're right about that. I know that's wishful <laughs> but, thinking. Yeah, that's wishful thinking. But all we could do is just you know um, pray towards that area. Mm-hmm. Pray, you know, because now they're really starting to do better. Sure. Um, with the um, Central Park Five coming out, with your person like your Anthony Graves and Brian Banks, the people are starting, and that's just to name two, three people, eight people, whatever the case may be. But it's 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 trying to do better, trying to do better. 
And all we can do as, as ourselves is to work in that area to just pray and, and, and help and help. Well, um, so Dr. Johnson, if anybody wants to reach out to you, how can we look you up? Um, do we have a book in mind? <laughs> I'm just asking a question because well, I see I see a book in some kind of um, system, the hope and no excuses <laughs> and grit, greatness receiving and trying. Yeah. I mean, come on, what do we see? Well, what's, I, what's the future like for you? Well, uh, as we spoke again in the intermission, um, I've been having a lot of uh, lately and recently um, um, invitations to come mm -hmm. and speak. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the next speaking engagement it will be at Texas A&M. Okay. Uh, then I, I'll be speaking at a conference, a criminology conference in San Francisco, okay. which is in November. Mm -hmm. Now, as we talked about the book, mm -hmm. um, I've been working and in conversation with the chair of my dissertation. Mm -hmm. And so she wants to collaborate with me. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. even know that. So we'll, wow. Yeah, we'll see. But here's the here's the deal. Um, those things are great, but mm -hmm. we still want to just make sure that we're being led, because we don't want to get into a whole lot of things that will steer you away from. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Okay. So, Absolutely. So we we being open minded and mm -hmm. we're listening to mm -hmm. whatever yeah. he says. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. So you're here at Long Star College, mm -hmm. and, and, and if anyone wants to reach out <coughs> excuse me, to you, mm -hmm. how can we reach you? Sure. You can reach me at um, germaine.a.johnson mm -hmm. mm -hmm. at lonestar.edu. Okay. Repeat it again for us. Germaine, that's <coughs> J-E-R-M-A-I-N-E -E okay. dot A mm -hmm. dot Johnson common spelling at Lone Star. Okay. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up and, and call it a day and such an amazing interview here I have encountered and um, I want to thank my producer Carlos Wallace for encouraging me along with my <laughs> daughter in doing this podcast and um, I'm just super excited because I really feel and see that this is going to go a long ways. Mm. Well, and, and, and so again, I appreciate you. And as you stated earlier, my book here is at the college, oh, yeah. in the bookstore, and mm -hmm. I'm just like super excited. Mm -hmm. And so God has his plans oh, and yeah. we just have to follow. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up and close um, with If Emmett Was Alive Today podcast, again with your host, Staffing Jack. And we're looking forward to more discussions about wrongful conviction and wrongful accusation and just, just dealing with and see how we can try to make this better. Mm -hmm. All right, so we'll see you again. Look forward to another show with some amazing guests and you guys have a good day and we'll chat with you soon. If Emmett was alive today podcast with your host, Daphne Jack. You're listening to If Emmett Was Alive Today podcast, hosted by Daphne Priscilla Jack.